Hello, hello everyone. This is Heather. And this is Kara. And you are listening to I'm Not Complaining. I'm just asking. Our podcast. This is episode number seven. Today's topic. I was thinking summertime usually would be the end of school and people and kids getting to run around and stuff. And that got me to thinking about when you were little at school and playground games. So I've compiled a list of old school or classic games that you didn't really need a lot of equipment. You just needed some pals and the willingness to run around. And so the first one I thought we'd talk about is dodgeball. Kira, what <laughs> memories pop to your head when I say the words dodgeball? Dodgeball in the context of elementary school and middle school was all the boys were the ones that would run to get as many balls as they could. And then the girls would just stand along the fence as far back as possible. And then occasionally, if they just wanted to go sit down, they would sacrifice themselves and be like, oh, no, and they'd get hit and just pelted. Or the other team would just simply reach over the line and touch them with the ball, and then they would go sit down so they didn't have to participate in PE. Oddly enough, now that I'm a teacher, that I work at a school, our district does not allow dodgeball games because they are deemed too dangerous but they have created a dodgeball club and there are dodgeball tournaments that happen during off times and off campus um, and it, it's it's fabulous and fantastic I love dodgeball and I love the movie dodgeball that if you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball Well, it's so funny because, you know, obviously, as you've said, we enjoy the movie Dodgeball. The Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, madcap adventure. (laughs) Average Joe's. Average Joe's gym. So when I was doing a little bit of research for today's topic, I looked up the origins of the game of Dodgeball. How did it come to an existence? And there are many theories, but... The theories are that the original game of dodgeball uh, possibly originated in either Africa, Asia, Greece, or Mesoamerica. And it was originally a way to train warriors for battle. And of course, they didn't have PVC textured 10-inch balls they used rocks or i have i heard and this was a tour guide when i was in mexico city touring the pyramids and in the courtyards our tour guide said that it's not proven but it is possible that they would use decapitated heads and use those as balls now is that for dodgeball i thought that was for like basketball yeah you can't bounce a severed head well no but i thought that was to throw it through a hoop but the hoop wasn't down you don't dunk it you had to chuck it through like sideways i was that, just, i heard that was the origins of basketball i don't know all i remember is, or is it high lie i don't really know what high lie is i don't either somebody will one of our <laughs> listeners will have to let us know is it like pickleball I don't know what is pickleball it, is. Is it like smash ball? I don't know what that is. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, I mean, it, yeah, makes I don't sense, know. it makes sense that dodgeball would be a game, like a war game, that you would invent maybe to dodge, uh... Foes. Or, like, arrows or uh. some sort of combat training. So what's what's the thing that has the rocks on the on the on the rope that you throw and it goes foo 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 and it like wraps around someone's no neck? 
You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about, but I it's no not a bolo. I don't. A bolo uh, is like a is that bolo tie? We are, Rivers. we are chock full of real facts today. Not. So anyone who is ever in elementary school and played with those textured PVC inflated 10 inch, I call, well at my school, they, we called them lemon balls because they were yellow, but they come in all the primary colors. They come in blue, red, yellow, green, um, so we had yellow ones and we had red ones. And the red ones we used for dodgeball. Yours were inflated with air? Ours were foam. Oh, no. Because I... you could grip them. You, can, you could smash them in your hand and you can really get a good... Like a Nerf? Yes. No. We had... I had and I had to look up what it was made out of. If it was rubber or what it was. And it says they are PV... They still make them. And they're PVC, bicycle pump inflated, uh, textured 10-inch balls. Holy cow. And you could just imagine the thump at full force being thrown at your body. And the textures on it were little lines, so you would have prints from the impact. Now, the balls that you're describing that we referred to as lemon balls, Mm -hmm. I distinctly know the sound the ball makes when you bounce it uh-huh. on the ground. It's like, Pick-a-ing! yeah, and it's, it's almost like an echo inside the ball. Mm-hmm. We would use those for wall ball and four square. We did not use those for dodgeball. So four square, I looked up four square, and four square dates back to as late as the 18, or early as the 1800s. And it was, and it's also called King's Corners or Box Ball. Yes. I think we used the yellow ones for the four square. And there are so many rules to four square, but I I just want to mention about dodgeball that there were times we had many different PE teachers that kind of just a revolving door. And I distinctly remember one PE teacher that would always do boys versus girls, which always ended up going horribly wrong. Someone, like you said, had mentioned before, would always get hit square in the face, just in the face, split lip, you know, swollen eye. I, I mean... It's all fun and games until there's blood. And when there's blood, you got to fill up paperwork. And that was just, it was June from the start. So what was your strategy when you would be playing dodgeball? Well, first in school, dodgeball, we were not allowed to pick the teams. Our teams were selected for us. I would try and make a pact with someone across the way on the other team. Um, But I would try to be the person who would go and shag the balls and hand it to the other males on our team so they could throw it. So I almost became like a, yeah, like I would shag the ball, whoever it bounced off, or if if it hit someone, I would catch it. I was good at catching. But I was not good at throwing the ball. Even to this day, I cannot throw balls really hard or at far distances. So, And I'm not very accurate. So I would shag the ball and then try to catch the ball if it in fact had hit someone or tagged someone. So then we could bring in reinforcements from people who were waiting in line who were out. That was my strategy. And for me, I was very, very short. And so what I would do was stay close to the fence line, but still in the gameplay box. And I would slowly creep up to the line. Very stealthy. Did people think that you were out? No, no. The the, the out um, section was completely other side. Okay. So, 
So I wasn't cheating in any way. I mean, I was clearly in. But I was so small that if they tried to throw it at me, I'd just move. There wasn't a lot of area of me to hit. So if I, you know, scooted out of the way. So I wouldn't get hit. And I'd stay along the fence line. I'd scoot up to the dividing line. And then someone on my team would try and get the ball. You know, they'd be further back in the area, but I'd be right on the line. And their best player, their best thrower, who's throwing all the kill shots, would forget I was there and be so confident that they're, you know, ping, ping, tagging people out. So someone on my team would try to get the ball. And when I was close enough to the line, they would throw the ball to me. And I'd just, pink, just take out their best shooter. And the other team would get really angry. Like, that's cheating. It's like, how? I, I tagged you with the ball. And I'm clearly still in play. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't, I didn't. Uh... And I'd usually be the last one standing. Nice. Nice. <laughs> but going to four, since you mentioned four square, I remembered that there were like little, I don't know if you'd say there were code words or there were special phrases that you would do and you would either say the phrase before the maneuver or say the phrase after the maneuver and I the phrase I remember is black magic do you remember this yes and I believe it's when like you catch someone's throw before it bounces and if you say black black magic that means they're out um I guess the kids nowadays refer to it as blackjack. Um, and blackjack is what you say or call out before the ball touches the ground and that player is out. So I was right. Yes. Yes. Um, but the, the two that stand out in my mind specifically because I enjoyed the Cherry Bomb. Oh my gosh. So Cherry Bomb was a... If you were in full-fledged attack mode and needed to let out some rage during recess, that was when you would call it out, you put the ball up and over your head, and then you would slam it down on the ground with both your hands as hard as you could, and then it would fly into the air, and then... The other three players in your Forsker would have to scatter to catch it. Oh. Or wherever it was, depending on what your your playground rules were. Wherever it bounced, you had to try and slam it back oh. towards the Foursquare. And then, of course, there's Kitty Corner. Which was, I believe, when you had to stand in the corner of the Foursquare. So you could either stand on the outside corner or on the inside corner. What You would just choose a corner, but it was kitty corner. Um, and I think that's how I got the idea uh, for when I'm coaching or teaching volleyball of where you stand next to the net. Uh, I used to call it, with, when I coached girls, kitty corner. Meow. Um, and then when I coach the boys, I call it the happy corner. <laughs> and I couldn't remember why I called it that, but now I just, I, I, I now realize it's to the kitty corner. You stand in the corner. It's a good game, and all you need is to draw a big square and divide it into four little squares, and you need a ball. And you need four people to play, and you are set to go. The, the one move or maneuver that you could not do if you were doing one-on-one -on -one, was pass back, which is like take backsies, which, you know, if you want to do like a reverse that you want the ball back to take out the other person <laughs> would be pa pass back or take, take backsies. Because mm. you could try and catch people off guard and then they'd be like, oh, and mess up and fumble the ball. <laughs> okay, so kickball. Kickball is basically like baseball except you're using a huge ball. The origin came in 1917, and it was called Kick Baseball, and also Kick Cabbage. Is that because 
they did. If you didn't have a ball, you could kick a, a actual cabbage instead. Seems Perhaps. like the right. Seems like the right size. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, children for the most part, I I believe that they're not the biggest fan of cabbage. <laughs> so, I, I maybe back in the old days, you know, like stickball, maybe there was like you know, tossed out cabbage like in dumpsters or something. Oh. Or maybe they fell out of the truck and they were like on the street. Do they think they might have fallen off the turnip truck? That's right. <laughs> I loved kickball. And I loved it when we used a ball that was misshapen. You know, that was super wobbly. So if you got it right on the perfect part, like the inside Right above the arch, right where the ankle bone is, um, wearing a sweet pair of Converse. You can get that meat of the shoe that you could get the lift, um, and it would make the ball, like, get all wobbly while it's going through the air. Um, it, it was awesome. I was really good at kickball. It was so much fun. <laughs> that one's a little harder... Uh, to set up at your house because you need essentially a baseball diamond um, to do it properly. You need you need a proper you need a good amount of space because mm -hmm. once you kick it, you, it needs to not go into a window or a car, um, and then you have to be able to run the bases. The yeah. bases. So. You need a fair amount of space. space to play kickball. We would walk to the baseball fields or the softball or the softball fields and we would play kickball. That was like a special treat. Or we'd go to the walk down to the beach. Mm. And, and set up and set up ropes. And set up ropes. Yes. Yes. Speaking of ropes, tetherball. So I looked up the origins of tetherball, and they say it either originated in Ireland or Britain in 1875. And the illustrations they have of it is it's kind of the same thing. It's a pole with a rope and a ball attached to the rope, but the ball is about the size of a tennis ball, and the people are, are hitting it with rackets. Oh. And hand eye coordination, yes. And so later on in 1914, they redesigned it to just be a giant ball so that people, when they wanted to play, they didn't need any equipment, it was all, all in one, they didn't have to go buy rackets, just make it a big ball and we'll smack it around. We didn't have a tether ball on our playground but there was one at the rec center that was up the street that we would occasionally walk to the public rec center and then there was a tether ball there i just remember the back of your hand and your wrist mm -hmm. would get just so bruised like it, from just ah, hitting it as hard as you could but it really worked on that hand-eye coordination and you had to pick a partner that was relatively the same height as you because if you were playing with someone who was either really m much taller than you or much shorter than you it wasn't really that much of a challenge because they would beat you <laughs> well and to to your point about being bruised because again the tether ball was something that would be inflated with a bicycle pump and so the butt end of that ball would be the, the plug where you would pop it off to inflate the air and that thing was and then you pop it back in and it was hard plastic so the whole ball was soft except for that plastic cork so that plastic cork was really hard plastic and you would be hitting it all the time and you would just bruise the ever living snot out of the back of your hand or your wrist or like that that wrist meat right next to your your wrist bone oh pop a couple blood vessels man 
I just remember people getting rejuvenated about the game with Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. Because you had to either use an open hand or a fist, and you had to know your opponent of like, okay, is this going to be, are we playing for funsies, or are we here to play play? Yeah, because if you're playing for fun, you try to pay to match your opponent's rhythm. Yes. To prolong the game. And then if you're just like, oh, I'm going to be the winner, you just keep punching it as fast and as hard as you can so it wraps tight around the thing. Right. Uh, that's no fun. No. wasn't really for me. I didn't enjoy getting my arms bruised or my hands bruised. I was more into the, the dodgeball, the kickball, definitely the four square. But one game that was always really hard to break into was wall ball. I don't really remember wall ball. What's involved? I assume a wall and a ball, but... We had a very specific wall that was used for wall ball. It was a standalone wooden wall next to one of the main classrooms. And it was about, I would say, 15 feet high. And we would use a lemon ball. There would be a line of kids waiting to play. And it was always the boys. And you had to prove yourself that you could play in order to get in the game. And it was just a revolving door. And again, uh, you have like uh, double bouncies, rainbows... Um, is, and, is a rainbow similar to the cherry bomb move? No. Rainbows is y- your opponent would bounce the ball on the ground, it would hit the wall, and you would say rainbows, and you would run underneath the ball in between the ball and the wall, and you would go <laughs> underneath the rainbow trajectory of the ball, and then the person... The, the opponent that you're playing against would then have to scramble to hit the ball again. Now, if you were short and fast and very cunning, you could do multiple rainbows against your opponent. And so they would hit it, and you'd go, rainbow, and go underneath it. And they'd be like, oh, God. And they'd hit again, and you go, oh, rainbow. Like, if you were really on your feet you could do it multiple times and frustrate your opponent but if your opponent knew that you were going to rainbow again they would just lightly tap it and you'd try to rainbow and the ball would hit you and then you'd be out mm-hmm. uh, double bouncies uh, there's no cherry bomb because you can't use both your hands it's essentially you create a fist and your, your hand your fist and your arm become a hammer. And you have to hit it like that. Did you ever say by the power of Thor? I did not. <laughs> there might have been other uh, boys in the class. Um, but it would get really heated. But wall ball was really fun. And you it, it was usually one-on-one, but sometimes there'd be teams. But that was like... There were benches, I'm not kidding, there were benches set up for people to watch said wall ball tournaments happening. And I'm a big fan of wall ball. Big fan. So there's also, obviously, jump rope. And that you could do that by yourself. And, of course, there's the group sport, which is double dutch. And the research says that uh, double dutch... Uh, came to specifically New York, a.k.a. America, uh, with the first wave of Dutch immigrants. But um, other than that, I couldn't find anything. I don't know why exactly the Dutch said, hey, see that rope? Do it with two of them. I don't know. Because the braids? Dutch braids? But double Dutch was very, I found, very intimidating. Um, and usually, um, Double Dutch had songs that went with it. And so you, the two people spinning the ropes would sing the song and there would be a cue 
for you to jump in. So I think one of them was um, not last night, but the night before. So, so the two came to rob your house. (laughs) So I think it was, so the two people spinning the ropes. But it's, it's important to mention Uh it's two people with two ropes. Yes. One in each hand has two ropes. Whereas you could do jump rope with two people also, with one rope. Yeah. But. I guess that wasn't exciting enough, so they no. had to add another one. You got to add another element of excitement. Because you have to run in. It's an extreme sport. Run and then jump in. Um, I guess that also makes sense why New York has, like, really big double Dutch competitions. Because it. Apparently, that's where it originated in America. So, it makes sense. They're better at it. They've had it the longest. But I felt as though for you to be good at double dutch, not only did you have to understand the cues, mm. you had to have a sense of rhythm. Because yes. oh. And the people who were doing the rope, they had to have good rhythm, too, because you had to read the rhythm. Mm-hmm. And you do the head and the hand. Oh God! While you're waiting the, the, to jump in, you get a rocking going to try to rock in in time. You gotta psych yourself up. Absolutely. So that was a, a big part of the songs too. Was the beginning of the songs was just for the <clears throat> handlers. I felt to get them in their rhythm, and then also you could study the rhythm before you jumped in. And when you, you jumped in at the part when the counting started. Yes. So not, okay, not last night, but the night before, 24 robbers came knocking at my door. As I ran out, they, they ran in. in. So that part, your goal is you're, go, you're not even going to jump. You're going to run. You're going to run through the ropes without being touched. Right. And then come back around. So as I ran out, run, 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 don't get touched by the ropes, come back. They ran in. Do it again. Hit me over the head with a, that with na- a rolling pin. With a rolling pin. And now you're waiting. Well, you know what happens after they after <laughs> they hit you over the head with the rolling pin? They, they steal your watch. And they steal your ring. Um, and then, for some odd reason, they ask you... About styles of dance, I seem to remember that you would have to turn around, you would have to touch the ground, you'd have to give a high kick, and then someone could say the cue words, hot potato. Oh no. Do you remember what happens with hot potato? I should know it ain't good. When someone says hot potato, the people who are who are turning the rope, uh-huh. they would turn the rope faster and faster faster and faster and they would see how many counts they could get in with hop hop potato one two hop potato three you know whatever is that like mississippi uh, or crocodile <laughs> maybe i i don't know but uh sounds dangerous it sounds dangerous but i could get in to the double dutch but i couldn't get out I, there was something about landing and then running mm. that I, I never quite got. But uh, I there were a few people, few classmates that were really, really fast. And they can run straight through. The key is that you don't break stride. And you have to have uh, the real strong heel-toe strides to get all the way through. But man, if that rope, if it was the rope that had the plastic. The plastic beads. And it hits you right in the ankle bone. Man, that killed. And because these ropes were being used every day, multiple times a day for recesses, they were not, the beads were not fully intact. They were cracked. They had raw, jagged pieces on them. It was, yeah. They were getting ground, grated <laughs> to sharp edges mm-hmm. on, on the blacktop. Yeah. We had blacktop. We didn't have concrete. We had blacktop. And that, I mean, that's a whole nother element, I feel like. That all the equipment was so distressed, and in a good way. I mean, but double dutch, I, I, yeah. Double dutch, you had to have a core group of people that knew what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And again, it could be super fun or not fun. And people were just out to get you, to take you out at the, at the ankles. Mm-hmm. So the other um, jump rope thing I remember, elastic jump rope. Um, where it's 16 feet of elastic rope that's in a, in a circle, a continuous loop. And you would stretch it between two, you had to have two people, each person put their both feet in and it stretched out. So it'd be like a rectangle almost. And then the third person could jump in and out. And its origins were in seventh century China. Wasn't it kind of like a leg or foot version of cat's cradle? Yes, exactly. And you would make, try to make, like, different patterns? Mm-hmm. You could twist it and everything. And make, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we played the foot version at my school. I think we just had the hand cat's cradle mm-hmm. with the fingers, and you'd make the stars, and you would twist it in and out. And Yeah. Yeah. That one was really popular um, because you could set that up to do it by yourself. You just needed to figure out stationary objects where you could loop it and pull it. Like a chair. You could use a chair, uh, two chairs. Um, so you could do it by yourself, which was cool. You would have both feet inside the perimeter, and then you put both feet out. Out, in, out, in, and then side, 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 and then try to land both feet on the lines and push them down. And then you jump out and they spring back up. It was a whole thing. There's like coordinated dance moves which I'm shocked that I did that because I cannot dance for anything and I cannot retain choreography. My ceiling was the elastic jump rope. That was, that was it for me. I could not progress past that. If we're talking about rhythm, mm-hmm. the amount of memorization that you had to have for schoolyard games and songs mm-hmm was ridiculous because you know what about the hand hand claps the hand clap songs the double dutch songs and the hand clap songs kind of melded together like you could use them for either had the same rhythm Mm -hmm. in a sense but the one that i remember and i still hear younger children know and use is the miss mary mac okay uh do you have the lyrics in front of you Okay. We're gonna go by memory. She, okay. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna give us a shot and then we'll we'll check it. Okay. So I don't. Do you want to try to do the hand claps? No. Because I'm not good at that. No. At all. No. Okay. I don't. So uh, m- it's Miss Mary, Mary Mac Mac Mac, Mac, Mac all dressed in black 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 with silver buttons 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 all down her back back back. She asked her mother 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 for fifty cents sense sense to see the elephant 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 jump the fence 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 he jumped so high 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 he touched the sky 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 and didn't come back 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 till the fourth of july lie lie i don't remember the rest (laughs) okay so while heather was on her rhyming kick you know, it's amazing how it's like with songs, you only need to hear You need to get a, the hook. Yeah. You need to hear the hook to get in and then it's like okay, it's got a rhyme and Heather is a hundred percent right. <laughs> and that's that was the whole song is that it has to be old enough. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Miss Mary Mac has buttons all the way down so her Victorian back. So Victorian because they're made of silver. Yeah. And then she asked her mom her mother, for 50 cents. So that has to be further in time that that part was added. Maybe. Because 50 cents is a lot of freaking money. I mean, could But you, you are seeing an elephant. But you are, yeah, I mean, it might be the greatest show. Yeah. But, you know. Hugh Jackman's going to be there with his top hat. Right? That's worth 50 cents, for <laughs> sure. And, and Zac Efron? Come on. And Zendaya. With her purple hair. Come on. Um... But yeah, she wanted to see the elephants, and, and somehow they jumped over the fence, which sounds like they're escaping. Isn't there one about Miss Miss Susie? Uh, Miss Miss Susie. 
I, I remember Miss Susie was kind of risque. There was the illusion that you, you, you were using curse words, but you really weren't. But again, um, I need I need a, uh, a lead off. To... I don't I don't remember that one, but I remember distinctly helicopter. Okay, go go the with that. Helicopter, helicopter over my head. I choose the color, and the color is red. Or you could insert any color. Oh, but, but typically the first one was red because it was the shortest. It was three letters, so you were entertaining yourselves through through games, but also you were practicing spelling. And rhythm, because the, whatever color it was, because when you were doing helicopter, you were swinging the rope mm-hmm. over your head, which again, hopefully you are shorter or tall, or sorry, you're taller than everybody else. Yeah. Because when you yell out the color, you then swung the rope down onto the ground, and then it was on the ground, and people had to jump over it, and you had to oh. say and spell out the color so if you said the color is red Mm. then you would say r e d and then you would go back up Mm. and if you got hit by the rope you were out (laughs) and so if you were the spinner you could get really dizzy because if you're doing the helicopter it's just the arm Mm -hmm. and swinging motion Mm -hmm. but then once it went on the ground you had to spin around so if you you if you chose the you know the color magenta, <laughs> or ras you know, I don't know raspberry or something like that, you would get really dizzy. Miss Lucy had a turtle. She named him Tiny Tim. She put him in the bathtub. Yes. Okay. Okay. Hold, okay. I still say that there's a there's a song named Miss Susie, but we'll go with this one. Kara says she found a song that says Miss Lucy. So we'll go with that. So Miss Lucy, try uh, to have try to have the cadence of the song. So I I, I don't even know. Uh, it's the same. Uh, Miss Lucy had a turtle. She named him Tiny Tim. She put him in a bathtub to see if he could swim. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that is uh, the extent of my freestyle rapping skills acapella, Heather. <laughs> I'm glad that you really enjoyed that. Is that like rockapella? No. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Do you know who we should get on that uh, would be Charlie Puth that could just, you know, beatbox and just write a real quick riff. I wonder what note he would say I was singing. Since he has perfect Is that a pitch. high C? High C in Turkey? <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I mean, what a horrible person to see. Dude, I'm just going to throw him in the bath and see if he can swim. So I feel like that is a very similar one to Miss Susie, which you say doesn't exist, but I know it does. And it was like, it, but it was similar in that Miss Susie had a baby. I don't know. And she put him in the tub. I feel like it's a baby. Miss Susie had a baby. His name was Tiny Tim. She put him in the bathtub to see if he could swim. He drank up all the water. He ate up all the soap. He tried to eat the bathtub. But it wouldn't fit down his throat. Miss Susie called the doctor. Doctor called the nurse. Nurse called the lady. With the alligator purse. Mumps, said the doctor. Measles, said the nurse. Nothing, said the woman with With the the alligator alligator purse. She hit the doctor. Miss Lucy slapped the nurse. Then she paid the woman with the alligator purse. Out ran the doctor, out ran the nurse. Outran the lady with the, the alligator, alligator purse. purse, which again, what, what, how timely that you were able to slap the doctor and oh, the nurse. He made and, house calls, and then you're all knocking on him. Yeah, but I mean, he's choking on he all the drank up all the water and ate up all the soap, and then tried to eat the bathtub, but wouldn't fit down his. Because that was an offshoot. I I never had the turtle. It was a baby. Oh, uh, yeah. Look but, up. Um, Miss Susie had a steamboat. I don't remember. Where you're pretending to have curse words. I 
I will find it. Uh, but I do remember the t- the touch the ground one. Uh-huh. Again, here here comes, you know, re- here comes the remix. Lady, lady, touch the ground. Lady, lady, turn around. To the east, to the west, <laughs> choose the one that you like best. Touch the ground, turn around. Sh- uh, tie your shoe, now skidoo. I feel like there was a version of this game in the Disney live-action version of Sleepy Hollow starring Christina Ricci and Johnny Depp. Um, when Johnny Depp, a.k.a. Ichabod Crane, goes into the town and the town is having a party and Katrina is blindfolded and she's playing a party game, I feel like that's the party game they're playing. And she... Does she kiss him with the blindfold or does she just touch I him? I don't remember. I can't remember how demure it is. I, um, but I feel like that's the game they were playing. Uh, I don't, I don't know. It was a very bloody movie, that one. Yeah. But it was all about rhyming. The key, yes. Rhyming was the name of the game. I'm sorry for those who, who never had the joy of j- jumping rope as a child, but, uh, yeah, I, it's, uh, yeah. A lot of, a lot of hand clapping, jumping rope. We're going to find Okay, I'm not letting this go. I know there is a song called Miss Susie Had a Steamboat. And I can't remember it, of course, because I don't have a head start. Okay, so Kara has found it. So give me give me the first couple lines. Miss Susie had a steamboat. The steamboat had a bell. Ding, ding. Miss Susie went to heaven. The steamboat went to... The steamboat went to hello, operator. Please give me number nine. And if you disconnect me, I'll kick you from behind the elevator no refrigerator behind the refrigerator there was a piece of glass the repairman sat upon it and broke his little ask me no more questions i'll tell you no more lies the boys are in the bathroom zipping up their flies are in the meadow bees are in the park boys and girls are kissing deep in the d-a-r-k d-a-r-k dark 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 and it goes on for oh. two more, two more pair. Deep cut is the dark is like the movies. The dark is like a show. The show is like the TV, and that is all I know. I know, I know my mother. I know, I know my pa. I know, I know my sister with the forty-acre bra. Wow! I'd not heard that one. See, that one was spicy. Because the end of each lyric was a curse word, but blended into a word. Very risque. Very lyrical. Almost a limerick, which we won't get into. (laughs) There once was a man from Nantucket. End. (laughs) O-M-G classic and i mean how old timey is that you had to get the operator please give me number nine yeah there's only so many phone numbers i guess well to get the operator you'd get hello operator <laughs> operator you had to call the switchboard mm-hmm. in order to ring someone up mm-hmm. so i mean that's just come on pretty great and then the game telephone okay the game telephone. It didn't even know that it was a description of Twitter before Twitter happened. Of how the store or gossip. Mm-hmm. How things could spread from one person, where it started and where it ended. And Heather, were you the person that would purposely change the phrase oh. that you got to pass it along? I mean, did you have secret joy? That would just wash over you to screw it up on purpose? No, I really don't remember, but I remember in the TV show The Simpsons, they made a joke about it, and it was adults that were hubbub, 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 whispering along a thing, and by the time it got to the end, the person said the sentence and then added the phrase purple monkey dishwasher. Right. Yes. (laughs) You had to pick something simple enough that people could pass it along quickly 
but someone would be able to change it just enough that it would change and change and change and mm. change. And also, it, it kind of taught you to enunciate. And I'm not good at whispering. You think I am? I... <laughs> I'm not going to miss. Let's play the quiet game, Heather. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hey, Kara, can you use your inside voice? <laughs> I, I only, I have no control over the volume of my voice. Oh um, god! You know, I, I. That's the thing. That's what's so funny is that people knew that I was the one that screwed it up because I was one not good at whispering and being subtle and quiet and then as soon as I would say it I would start cracking up <laughs> because the joy that would wash over me by attempting to screw it up um, yeah as yeah <laughs> but yeah no the quiet game or if you try to do the staring game like keep a straight face mm -hmm. um, I'm the one that will laugh first always because I find seriousness and quietness. Uh, I, I can't. I can't contain myself. I'm the one that gets the giggles. I will laugh and smile at the most awkward, inappropriate times. And so, the quiet game or laughing game or the staring game. Who will break first? That's me. There's no game. No money, fun. Pretty much. I mean, for most of these things, all that's required is some sort of ball and uh, chalk to draw outlines on the ground and you're all set. Or rope. Yeah, very little investment for startup. And that's the way it should be for playground games mm -hmm. or games with small children because small children are terrors. Well, they have they a lot of energy. But they break everything. Not on purpose. Not on purpose, but they do. But I, I feel bad for the younger generations right now that their recess time has gotten either you know, cut short or got eliminated entirely. Mm -hmm. Because that was a time for you to bond with your classmates and have fun mm -hmm. and socialize outside the classroom. And it, you got to burn off some energy and have, you know, maybe a snack mm -hmm. um, and get outside. Um but if you couldn't get outside and it was raining. Heads up, seven up. Heads up, seven up. And Heather, how do you win? How, what was your strategy of heads up, seven up well, on rainy days? you got to give me a quick tutorial on the rules because I'm kind of blanking. I have an anecdote, but I need the rules set up first to make it make well, sense and context. Everybody's at their desk with their heads on their desk. And they were supposed to have their eyes closed. Mm -hmm. And... <laughs> I remember that much but wasn't it kind of like duck duck goose and that one person would, would, go around. would go around and tap you on the shoulder or something I don't really remember it was like a mystery game I thought it was like Colonel Mustard with <laughs> didn't you have to didn't the person who was picking have to sit back down and pretend they weren't yes I, I will admit that I was a dirty, dirty cheat. Oh, jeez. At, at Heads Up 7-Up. Because I would scoot back. I would listen for the footsteps. And I would slightly scoot back. And I would look for their shoes. The school that I went to, you could hear the footsteps echo in the hallway. It was a linoleum floor. And so you could tell the shoes, what they sounded like, and the rhythm of people's footsteps. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that was supposed to add to the mystery. And I had a teacher when I was in college that was blind, public speaking, and she was blind. And she said that I, uh, she could tell that it was me, but she could tell it was me by the way that I walked and how my boots would hit the ground. Anyway, but that's off the subject. So I would, so I distinctly remember that I, on one of those days, I was the person who tapped people on the shoulder. If that is the reason, is that way you played? I, I remember moving through the crowd when everybody had their heads on their desks. Anyway, and then like you said, you you're supposed to sit down, 
and blend back in with the crowd and then heads up 7-Up. Everybody tr puts their head up and tries to choose who was the person walking around. Uh, I got found out right away. Okay, you have the rule? Yes, okay, okay. go ahead and you got found out though. I got found out right away because that weekend we had decided to do arts and crafts and our arts and craft project had been to get plain colored socks, puffy paint, and accessories to decorate socks. And I had chosen to decorate my socks with puffy paint, glitter, and tiny little bells. Oh, wow. So as I walked, ching, 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 ching. Oh, boy. Um, so I got found out pretty darn quick. So on a, a quick look up, uh, for those of you who are just screaming at your phones right now at us, being like, how do you not remember that you have your thumbs? There's the students that are at their desk with their heads down, and they have one thumb extended with the, on the desk that's up. And then the teacher secretly chooses one person as it, and the person goes around touching the thumbs of six other people, or whatever designated number that you choose. Uh, and if a person is touched, he or she goes to the front of the room. When this has been accomplished... Uh, the person who is it yells 7-Up, and everyone raises their heads and tries to guess which of the people at the front of the classroom was the one that picked and chose. Wow. Okay. It's like a lineup. Yeah. So if, if, you, if the class guessed right, they had the chance to change and take their place as the picker. I see. That makes sense. Okay. But again, high contact sport. <laughs> your hands, your face and your hands are on the desk. Ugh. And then you're walking around touching other students' hands. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't, I, don't know if, uh, I don't know if you can do that anymore. What's mumbly peg? <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia says... That it is a it is a child's game played with a pocket knife, and the object is for the blade. You toss a blade, and whoever's blade sticks to the ground. Jeez! It is a skilled game that you play with a knife. Oh, oh no! Wow! Yikes! <laughs> Again, we do not condone any knife play whatsoever no please don't. child or adult do not do it do and not. it's from it's an early british game that was played in the 17th century mm. <laughs> nerf nerf or nothing that's right I, shooting nerf guns uh with the the little uh suction cups that was super cool um and then the Nerf bats mm -hmm. was awesome, but it was Nerf or nothing. And if you're kind of, and if you're going to talk about something being super, you gotta talk about the Super Soaker. Oh my gosh! Super Soaker was revolutionary. Again, it was a gun that had a tank that you filled with water and you shot water. It was a water gun to the highest degree with pumping action. It had power it had range if you got good enough you were super accurate like almost like a carnival game mm -hmm. and with the pump action and we invested so much money in super soakers i felt like we had a full arsenal mm -hmm. because because they kept coming out with new ones every i'm not, i'm not exaggerating when i say for spring break we would go to Toys R Us and we would get to buy a new super soaker. It was like uh, first was like the single tank that held like I don't know uh, what 24 32 ounces and then it went to the 64 and then you had the double tank and then there was a reservoir and then, and then there was one the backpack. backpack one Yeah, the backpack one and it, so much the joy that you would get 
from soaking another person. I do not recommend filling your super soakers with salt water from the ocean. No, that burns. And corroded parts. Mm. But you could you could fill it with water from the sink or from the hose or even pool water. I think that that would be okay. The chlorine? Yeah. Nope. But I remember we had little keychain super soakers. That functioned. That functioned. Had real action. That's so cool. That was, oh my gosh. Stealth model. Yes. Yes. Um, and if you're going to get soaked, then you're going to go down the slip and slide. Slip and slide. Watch out for rocks. Oh boy. If you were too hasty on putting down that slip and slide, oh. Yeah, you had to make a, a slow once over. Once you had it laid down where you wanted, you needed to go with your hands and run it over the full length of the slip and slide to make sure there was no rocks that you had missed. Because you would get cut up. The slip and slide's the crocodile one? Crocodile, crocodile mile is yes. what it's called. And we would have that set up at our grandparents' house. And just the way that the the length of the of the slip and slide and the and the yard it just happened and the slope it just happened to end into the rose bushes <laughs> and the rose bushes it was a slope downward slope and which was great for getting uh picking up some speed into the rose bush and then on the other side of the rose bush was a steep drop into the neighbor's driveway. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I, I may also add that like our grandparents' yard was surrounded by brick <laughs> walls. I have the scar. I have the scar on my leg still of where on your a, shin. a brick um, into your leg sheared off part of my leg. Yeah, my yeah. skin. Yeah. Yeah, it was an extreme sport for us. And you could, you know, be pummeled by super soakers while going down said slip and slide as an added. I, the more and more I think about our childhood and how it prepared me for wipeout, I feel like I should have done better. Because the we would think of games that we would play with the neighborhood kids during the summertime that we would get hit by Nerf balls pelted with nerf uh arrows and pellets and discs we would get sprayed by super soakers that the pump action you we would pump them so much that you couldn't pump them yeah. anymore so the stream was like a jet just oh my gosh um like a laser yeah yeah absolutely um and we the added element for the extra speed to go downhill is you would add dish soap on the slip side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what could go wrong? Oh, yeah, you know they, what, what could go wrong? I mean, where are you going to go? Into the, the the wall will stop you. <laughs> I mean, I would say it was a six foot drop. It, it could have if been. you if you blasted through that rose bush, <laughs> you would <laughs> you would have you you. I don't think it's exaggerating to say it was a six-foot drop onto a concrete <laughs> driveway. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. Luckily, there was a doctor that lived across the oh street. Oh, my gosh. And a, and a fireman. <sighs> doctor and a fireman. So, I mean, we were dumb, but, I mean, at least that we knew that someone would come put us back together and patch us up. Oh, my gosh. I love those games mm -hmm. so much. Maybe there's a Vavi, a Vavi league. Once we get out of COVID and what the we could all be what? safely. What's a Vavi? Vavi league? It's What's like an adult, adult, uh, like softball leagues and basketball leagues. Yeah, Vavi is uh, where you can create a team of your friends and you can get together and play against other teams of non-children. Uh. It's for adults. Uh. I'll bring the cabbage. 
I'll bring the super soaker in the dish soap. <laughs> oh my goodness, you guys. Thank you so, so much for joining us on this wild and meandering episode of I'm Not Complaining. I'm just asking. Don't hit me with that dodgeball. <laughs>